0: Let's, let's start the pot. Welcome uh, <laughs> to the Members Only
1: Podcast. How
0: are y'all doing?
2: Good, today? Yo. Good man. What's this, Good.
3: episode six? Yeah, six. Yeah, sure.
2: Yep. I'm a little tired. I ain't gonna lie. Six
3: weeks in, how y'all? How y'all feeling? Seven weeks. Lost it's about the consistency at this point. We ain't gonna talk about it. I mean, you'll talk about the lost file. Patreon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> lost file.
3: You may notice
1: today that we are missing a member, Zach Jones. He has recently departed from the podcast.
2: Moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, was a, that was a troll. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. That nigga studying. <laughs> yeah, that nigga studying.
1: Right? <laughs> He's sending niggas to jail right now. Hey, man, man. All right, all right, okay. All right, man. <laughs> Stay in
0: school. <laughs> Listen. Or <man.
1: laughs> hey, well, Zach, hey, they obey the law Zach is coming. <laughs> Damn. Nah, <I> handle <laughs> your business, my boy. Okay. Uh <laughs> we'll see yeah. you next see week. You next time. So um first thing on the docket today. We have a uh, new music. We're going to be discussing Tizo Touchdowns' debut album. It, it dropped too. on Friday. Um, I personally have not had the chance to listen to it, but I know a few of you have. So, does it just take you
4: longer to listen to new music, Ryan?
1: Not really. It just depends, cause like, I so the way I listen to music is I I feel like. And I know it's not probably not the best way, but I assume what type of vibe the music is going to be bringing. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know for his album, I probably need to be, like, high or something. Like, I need, like, I feel like he has that type of music where it's just like, all right, it's not songs I'm just going to hear. Like, this is music for personal enjoyment. So, music for personal enjoyment is kind of different. Like, I, I know that sounds weird, but like shit like Travis I listen to the same night but also like I listen to the goddamn Peaches and Eggplants remix same night also cuz I like Peaches and Eggplants the song but I also know that like you I'm probably going to hear it in public but I kind of want to know if I should be like going to the bathroom and getting drinks when that song come on or like staying to enjoy it
4: <laughs> what do you think of the yeah, Peaches yeah. and Eggplant remix the, Back the to Tezo
1: Touchdowns album. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah. so we're, talking, we're talking new music. We're talking new music. We'll get to that later, and we're not getting to that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we three of us. Over that, Red supremacy,
1: bro. That's all I gotta say. All right, let's three go. of us listen to Tezo. How you feel about
3: it, Greg? Yeah, that yeah, shit Greg, is amazing. Go oh, ahead yeah, and get us started.
4: And that shit is amazing. Probably, I was telling Steve yesterday one through seven it's probably like you can just play it straight through and everything hits after that when you get it gets a little bit more like into the rock and it's not bad like i fuck with it but the first seven fucking gold um uh it's probably my favorite song right now either that or um neighborhood but I've never heard nothing like that. Like it, I have not heard anything like that album before. I could say that as well.
3: Yeah. I just think it's one of them. Like Alternative is definitely the brand. It's genre bending for sure. It's got like, I think he described it himself. It's like, when he say rock and boom, yeah, that right, little yellow boom. note thing, the sticky note thing. Mm-hmm. But he was like, it's got like the penmanship of hip hop with like, I don't know, the the sound of like rock and roll but like R&B like influences, it's kind of weird. Cause like he can sing, but he can also really rap, but the instrumentals are like all over the place. So I feel like for you, like Ryan, if you're not like, I would say be fried, but you gotta have like an open mind to hear it. Like, like you say, you go into like, kind of assuming what you, the vibe you gonna get. I, I would just say like go into it with an open mind. Cause none of the two songs, like no two songs like sound the same, but they're all really good. Um. I think out of the 13, 14 tracks, I saved like 10, which is a good student percentage for me. Uh, Standouts for me, though, was Neighborhood, like Greg said. You thought that Janelle Monet record. And then Stranger for me. I think Auden, you heard it, too?
2: Yeah, I I did like one full run through. um, Then I got halfway through my second listen. But, I mean, I don't want to keep repeating what y'all already said. I pretty much agree with everything. I'll just add, you know, I think Ryan, it was you saying rap and just music in general needs a breath of fresh air. So um, to Steve's point, I mean, definitely if you have some time, check it out. It's a solid project. I don't really know what I was expecting, um, to be honest, going into this. But yeah, I think it's best to go into it with an open mind. Standouts for me are You Thought uh, and um, Stranger. And Yeah, uh, I saved about, it's 14 songs, I think I saved about six or seven, but nowadays, even that is a great percentage, because <laughs> um, a lot of albums and projects are very bloated these days, so I liked it, man. wasn't too long of a listen, and I can see myself coming back to this project for sure.
4: I think the only other thing I've heard like it this year is probably Yachty's album, and I don't mean like it, like...
2: Just in terms <clears throat> of, like,
4: different shit? Mm-hmm, just like... Out of left field type shit. Like, yeah, I've been listening to Tito that. for a little while, just do like TikTok and like the singles and shit he dropped. So I had like a rough idea what to expect, and this still wasn't anything like what I thought I was gonna get. Like, this is even different from all the singles and shit. So, it like you said, it's definitely worth to listen.
3: Yeah. Is there any other? Not the... okay. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna say all the uh the cosigns and features he was doing leading up. the album helped the hype for me um but yeah that's all i had to add on that
4: i wonder who his manager is because it's been an interesting rollout for him just like as an artist like just to do the tiktok shit into the to the feature shit into this album his
2: features have been really good though
1: we know who his manager is bro i don't i'm not going to say who his manager is but
4: Hey, it's been a great one for him, and I'm excited. Reminds me kind of of Don Tolliver, how he just came out of left field <laughs> and then just been progressing in his own lane. So, we'll see what happens.
1: All right. So, um, also, did anybody listen to the Megan the Stallion and Cardi B song Bongos? I did. I listened to it. I did. You got it. You what got are it, your thoughts? <laughs> it was a song. Is the song. All good? right. It has a beat. True. It has lyrics, <laughs> it has a hook. The hard hitting analysis.
2: Uh, it has a video. <laughs>
1: it has all the makings of a song. How it's a not for us. Video, but the it'll true. work for them. It'll. It'll probably. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I was uh talking on Twitter about it because somebody was like, "It's interesting to see if stone showing." I was like, "It's Meg and Cardi, two of the biggest artists in the world." Which the barbers didn't like me saying that, but I really don't care. Um, it's just a fact. They are <laughs> two of the bigger artists in the world. And, like, they have two labels behind them, like, two big labels behind them. So, of course, it's going to get played. Like, it's going to get those streams. Um, not to say Meg is milking it because she's coming off the case, but I'm saying a lot of people are in a space where they want to support Meg, especially coming off the case. So, like, they're going to listen to the songs. Like, we're now in a point where, in music, a lot of people aren't even listening to songs because they like them just because they want their favorite artists to succeed. Like, a lot of people, like... Like are really making that push for their artists to get those numbers, blah blah blah. So, I mean, people gonna like it. I mean, listen to it. I feel like, you
2: know,
1: I will say it's probably not a strong song for like just straight niggas. Like that's just the way it is. Like
4: I wouldn't listen to it if I wasn't in the car with females.
1: I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's for it's for like that club scene. You you know what I mean? Like the same way that Beyonce said that her album, I'm pretty sure she said her album was like. Uh, her dance style was dedicated to, like, you know, the clubs or, like, queer spaces and things like that. I'm not saying that their song is dedicated to that, but I'm saying it's more so in that lane, especially, like, you know, uh, the beat and everything. Like, it's not exactly Afrobeat. I don't even know what what genre to take it, but, like, you know, it's not, like, it's not, like, WAP Part 2. Right? Like, they said that, like, you know, that we people are expecting WAP Part 2. I actually would have enjoyed a WAP Part 2, like, another song like that. Not exactly the same beat, but I would have enjoyed, like, another, like, moment like that kinda mm-hmm. um cuz I feel like it would have been one of the times where two people linking back up and doing something similar wouldn't have been like overplayed just because WAP did I feel like eight gracefully they got a lot of backlash for it in the time but I feel like especially you got to think about all the music that's been out since WAP like since WAP we got a lot of uh artists like the Pussy rap has just taken off like tremendously like I mean that's what they call it the Pussy rap. it's taken Pussy off rap. tremendously so I feel like since <laughs> since WAP like now would have been a better time for like Upgraded WAP or whatever, blah blah
2: blah. But, um, you know, that's funny though. Uh, this is just a pivot. Did anybody else? Is there anything else that, um, any other music that y'all checked out? Cause I'm looking right now and hella shit dropped. Um, whether it be like singles, Uh, um, albums, was there anything else y'all tuned into? Jahai, did you hear that? Uh, it's 38 Special Cowley
3: Project.
0: Yeah, let's do it. It was, it was all right. I only spent it once. Uh yeah, I don't know. The song was kind of repetitive, and I don't necessarily think 38 Special Conway mesh that well together. Like they sound good on like if they're both featured, but just them together on on every song was just kind of a lot. So that's just my kind of opinion. But I mean it was all right. Like it's
4: that album was specifically for Kevin Durant. You know, oh,
0: liked you liked know, it. B-
4: Kevin Durant is like a super 38 special for him, so I can oh, assume really? that anything that 38 special drops, Katie normally says he picks it up first, so I could see that being something that he just asked for and it came out like that.
0: See, I don't listen to 38 special like projects like that, like, uh, I'll like mm. I, like I listen to them and they'll do a quick run through and then just say the songs. Mm. So I don't necessarily like it's just hard for me to get through. His project, so. How
1: come Griselda like the like? How come their camp don't ever get hit with the um oversaturation allegations? Because a lot of people talk about like a lot of people and their oversaturation or like their music or whatever. But like just thinking about it, like them niggas drop a lot. Maybe not Benny as much, but like I feel like Westside Gun and Conway, Westside Gun specifically, he drops a lot.
0: Yeah, he
4: dropped like six, seven times a year. So
2: I think Conway put out like three projects this year. I feel um, like the West only reason of they've been kind of down quiet this, this year, year.
4: is his health. Everybody besides Westside, you know, Conway got in that, whatever happened, and he was in the hospital for a little while, and he had to cancel his tour, and then I remember what happened with, um, with Boldy, so I feel like it's been a quiet year in terms of that just but they drop like one after yeah, they the other a lot
0: though like yeah, one say, personal
4: drop a, a week and then <laughs> a, a different personal drop and then a different personal drop and you just hear their
1: voices like, on everything did, did y'all watch the wu-tang show on hulu? hulu
2: yeah yeah I, I i've that. seen a couple of, i've seen a few did episodes. you
1: wait john you said you didn't watch it
0: no
1: you should watch it i know you would like you i know you would enjoy it but um one thing about the show that like, they was talking about, especially in the last season when they was getting into like all the label drama and whatever, and it was just like they was talking about how like how they had to space out Wu Tang album just because, like you know they want a Wu Tang album with everybody, but then you gotta wait a few months, then you gotta drop. I'm not saying it happened in this order because I don't remember the specific order, but you know then you gotta drop a ODB album, you gotta wait some months, then you gotta drop a Raekwon, um, then you gotta wait some months. But it's like, I feel like that's not a thing no more, especially for like camps because. Like, they basically all shared a fan base. Like, of course, they all had fan like fans outside of each base. Like, you know, Messy Man had some fans that ODB probably didn't have. And then Raekwon probably had some fans that, like, um, meth didn't have. But I feel like the way they did it should really be studied, bro. Because nowadays, a lot of eight labels and camps, they just release music, like, so rapidly. Like, it's insane. Like, they don't really, like...
4: Niggas are fiending for it, like they hear snippets and they want it. So people just be dropping any and everything.
1: How um how how like how much do y'all think is releasing too much? Like maybe for I I just go this for a single artist. Like what do y'all think is a uh, it looks like for artists to release too much music in a year? Like is it one tape is two tapes too much? Three tapes?
3: I don't think it's really the um the number of tapes per se. Because if you give me like three ten song tapes. I might be satisfied depending on who the artist is, but if you're giving me three 20-song tapes, like, yo, Too what much. are you doing? Like, what yeah, are you doing? and I'm...
2: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in one year, <laughs> um, I feel like anything over two... Anything over, like, two... Two projects, pretty decent-sized projects, I feel like is a lot of music. Um, To Steve's point, I mean, hey, if it's quality, then I'm not necessarily going to complain, but... I don't know. I feel like putting out. I feel like it's just very hard to pull up, put out a lot of music, um, and for it to be quality, quality as well. I
1: mean, yeah. So on the Joe Budden podcast, they made a point. They were just like, a lot of these niggas, like they're like, it's very few artists who can put out these long projects, and it'd be like he's talking about like single projects. Like it's very few artists that could put out a twenty-two song project and have thirteen good songs. Let a, like let alone like half of it be good. Like there's a lot of um. There's a lot of artists who put out these long projects, which if y'all want me to explain the reason why, then I can. If not, it really don't matter, but why they do it, it's like, it makes sense, but like, it just, it's starting to like really turn sour, because a lot of these people can't keep attention for you know, an hour, hour and a half type thing, so. I think it
0: depends on the rapper though, like, because I feel like Westside Gunn, he dropped, like, I remember 2020, he dropped like three projects, like but I listen to them all. So I guess it depends on like what your fan base like, like how you make the songs. Cause I feel like I don't see anybody complaining like, oh, you just dropped another project. Like particularly with Griselda. But if it's like someone else, it's like and they're more like popular, like mainstream, they're making more uh melodic music, it may be different. You may be oversaturated at that point. But I think just the difference in like what uh particular like ecosystems they both inhabit, like the uh like a Griselda or like someone else uh that's like more trap based. Mm-hmm. It may I think I can see people saying like, oh that's oversaturated when people don't really say that to your point, people don't really say that about Griselda, even though they drop yeah. a lot of projects year by year. So
1: no yeah I think it's uh it goes into like but they're underground. So that maybe that's the biggest difference. I feel like and, underground and... artists really don't get that.
0: And they drop like 12 songs. They're not doing like if if what's I gonna like a 20 song project and a 20 song project, I'm not listening to all that shit. Yeah, that's just true. It's me. What it's I'm pretty, it's typically it's pretty concise. <laughs> yeah, it's but like 12, like three, 14, like 14, like 14 ten, at the max. Like, <laughs> like.
1: Yeah. yeah, I also think like this goes back to my point that I was trying to make before when it came comes to uh bigger artists like having to switch up their sound and things like that and progress. I think it dwindles down to like when when you're a big artist, you're like that your responsibility is kind of different because it's like you're not only making music for your fans, like when you know that you're on a label and you're their priority, like like you have you make music and you know it's going to be places. Like, like, um, I'll just use Drake for an example. Like, Drake is really good at making diverse sounding music because he knows like he's gonna get so many listeners and they're gonna play one of his songs. Like, imagine if Drake just made like a folk album niggas are so many people are going to listen to it they're like niggas at one point are gonna be like bro i want to hear some drake in public and somebody gonna to have to put on some folk or some shit, stupid shit i know that's a drastic example but it just goes to like i feel like west side gun and them they make music strictly for their fans because i feel like they i feel like they don't really reach people outside of their fan base that much you feel me like probably it's... west side gun with the what? Travis future, yeah. he probably reached a lot of people outside of his fan base, but like when you have music like that there's not really public space music, it's like it's a little different, because now you just release your shit like just for your fans
4: I feel like the way Yachty did, is doing it this year is also a good example, kind of like what um, <clears throat> Jahai was saying though, right? yeah, but he had the album this year, and then but, album. but it's been like singles that fans want so it's not yeah. like he's just like releasing shit and trying to see if it'll hit. It's more like shit that people have been asking for. And it's just like been slowly like trickling out over the course of the year. So it feels like he's always around, but he's probably most of the shit's been out or done for like a year. And it just has to been finished mixed or maybe add a second verse, do a music video. But he's just like trickling shit out all year. And maybe if he wants to do a second tape at the end of the year, like he has the space for it. But oh it's God. enough that we don't feel like oversaturated by it.
3: Yeah, that's what Babyface Ray did kind of last year. Cause then he dropped like an album in like January. That was like twenty songs, mm-hmm. and then dropped another album in like December. That was like twenty songs. I think one of those. So was would that be like, crazy, right? like, yeah, face and Mom? Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's it. it. Like, and it's literally would that just considered be considered as oversaturation because that's forty songs in a calendar year. If you think about. Oh. it. But if, so if like, he dropped
4: it in December, we really didn't consume it for probably till like late December, January. So like he going on a year for the other project, because I, I remember I was listening to Congratulations from the first project. And it was right when I started to phase out of that song and that project that the next one came up. So it's like plenty of time.
1: I think it just depends on your fan base, honestly, like. You got like, like that's the thing. Babyface Ray, like he, I, I don't, want to say he's underground, but he's not exactly mainstream. But at the same time, like it, it's, it comes to a certain point where you're making music just for your fans, and you're making music for public consumption. Like some niggas are just feeding their fans. Like I think it's to the point where like ESG, ESCG was on the verge of like that mainstreamness, but now like his music probably goes like straight to his fans, right? Like he knows like I'm making this, it's gonna be my fans that consume this. My friend, my fans that like won't this amount of the music so and so blah blah versus a drake like he knows his music is for public consumption like he knows he has a kind of like a lot on the game blah 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 he kanye knows he has a lot on the game kendrick knows when he releases when they release their tapes like the world i'm not gonna say the world's gonna stop but it brings in so many attention so much attention blah 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 like it's a certain way to do things but like
4: uzi makes think... his songs for festivals and 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 concerts and shit like that, like raid music for you to enjoy almost at this point.
1: Yeah, and I think when you make a certain type of music, like I don't think Babyface Ray is going into like the studio like, oh, I want songs which is going to like, you know. I want this song to be like in in ten years. I want this to be like a the highest regarded song of like twenty blah blah. blah. No, I feel like he making music that's good. It's good to him to his fans. It's gonna hold them down for a few months. Like, like you know right his now. fans, yeah. You like he know his fans. They when V's drop, they gonna go listen to the V's album. And then bam, I'm gonna hit y'all with some old music. Then you know, um, some old Detroit artists, blah blah blah. Like I don't want to limit him to a Detroit artist, but when somebody else drops, they gonna go listen to that. So it's kind of like a moment thing. Like a lot of people make music for the moment, which isn't a bad thing. But you know, versus some artists who make music for
3: like
2: the moment, if that makes sense.
1: But, um, I guess we can go away from current music, uh, well, new music they released. Uh, we could touch on what defines a classic album. Uh, do anybody want to spearhead this conversation?
2: Um,
4: I mean. I was just listening to the teaser album and I noticed like there's a couple of songs, I think like two, where it's like you hear it and you're like, you're like, you instantly get a feeling of like, I like it and I'm going to listen to it a lot. And I think in order to have a classic album, you need to have made at least this is dragging
0: on. Half, half, I ain't gonna laugh. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna to my seat. <laughs> 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 at least half of that wait, at least,
4: let's let them land. Let's let them land. At Go least ahead. half of that album has to give you that feeling. Like when you when you talk about Kendrick, like when when you mention a Kendrick album, each one of us will list a different song and we all get that same feeling. So it has to have something like that where like people can pick something different in it, pick a different moment, but everybody has that same feeling. Why is everybody I looking it,
1: like that? <laughs> I feel like you know the crazy part. That's a very good description of, of what a classic album is. I just think you placing Tezal Touchdown in the <laughs> middle of that description probably just it took not took away from it, but it kind of just like it was like. Wait, where's that's because
4: that's because I was listening to that album and I just started thinking I uh, uh gave me that feeling where it's like damn I really like this could have been something, but the rest of the album didn't give me that same feeling. Like a classic album or have to.
1: Well, y'all know me. I'm like uh, the commercial captain. Like I care <laughs> a lot about commercial rap because I feel like, as a kid, even though like I did like a lot of like different type of music, blah blah. blah like uh, commercial rap is really what brings a lot of people into the genre and stuff like that. And I always felt like commercial rap should be of quality, blah blah. blah. But that just goes to say that I do think.
2: The commercial, um,
1: the commercial aspect of an album is very important. Like, I do believe it has to be quality and it has to be impact, blah blah blah. But I also think that uh, the certain commercialness of an album really does play into if it's a classic because we might look back and be like, "Well, this album wasn't that good." But if the whole world was singing that album and the whole world was just like messing with the album, blah blah blah, and it was so big, then like it's kind of hard to say it's not a classic because like if you, know you can if like the every like if uh the whole group of people like a lot of like the nation or the whole like consumer base Cassidy, can sing five to six songs from the, the party, album, like you, right? from the album just, just like that because they heard it so much you, you. it's kind of hard to like be like, Nadman Nadman Nadman! like Nadman um, no that's just not a classic because you know he wasn't
3: rappity rip rop, rop, top like rapping type shit
1: so um, that's what I'm gonna add to it. Like I do, I feel like the commercial aspect is very, very big. Shout out to Soulja Shout out to Logic. Like, I
3: feel
0: like it has to. Cause I don't. I think there's classic albums that aren't necessarily good. Like in the standpoint of like lyrics. Like one example is like Floccy. I feel like that's a classic because it ushered in like a new like I was just sound of hip-hop right and it, i guess you could make a case with soda boys like I, I know we're like of the age where we grew up so we have but i i, I remember during that time like a lot of hip-hop older hip-hop people were like no nah, this shit's trash like it's terrible yeah. but it's still a classic because he, he changed so much it changed like the marketability of a hip of like what a rapper is on the internet like the social media aspect he was on myspace so It doesn't necessarily have to be good in the sense of like the quality, like lyrics, all that stuff that would encompasses like a rapper or like an MC, I guess. It's more so like, I feel like one thing that gets underlooked is just like how it ages and then how it changes the landscape of hip hop. Because it's the same thing you can make. I know you were talking about commercial. You can make the argument with like MF Doom, he's not commercial, right? Like that's not really a commercial classic album, but. It, it changed a lot in the landscape of just underground hip-hop. Like, like yeah. the way he was rapping, like, the weird beats, the samples. Mm-hmm. Like, that changed a, Like, I mean, not, not to say samples were not going on, but the obscure samples Mad Lib was putting on the album was, was crazy. So, that's just kind of my two cents. So.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I just... i say two things that I consider, which you know just high kind of covered and then I mean just how how well um a project ages how you know how often I can come back to to a project to to those songs after a certain amount of years for me um really those are just the two those are probably two of the biggest things that I that I consider I look at when thinking about a classic um so I mean shit you just an example is um well, I was going to say, I was going to use Kendrick, um, but I don't want to get too much into ranking, like his discography and stuff like that. But I'll look at the album, um, like Good Kid, Mad City, and it's like, just, it's. I feel like it's just aged very well. I feel like it's something that I can come back to decades later, and it sounds just as good as, you know, when I first heard it. I feel like, uh, and maybe that's not the best example, but I feel like for the most part, anybody who, listens to music for real i feel like they can name countless songs off that album rap certain certain songs off that album um so yeah i would just say for me it's about impact and then how well your your music can age over time yeah
3: uh i agree with all uh, everything that y'all said as long along with uh replayability for me personally um I won't give the Kendrick example. I give like Kanye, for example, like I would say all of us here agree that Kanye has like at least four classics that we can all like universally recognize as like classics because they like age well. It's like a timestamp of the time it came out, but it also was like ahead of its time, which is why I think it ages well. Um, And you can also replay them and never get tired of them. Like College Dropout, for example, turns 20 next February, if I'm not mistaken. And you can still spin it today. And it sounds like 04, but it was ahead of 04. Um, so it's ages it aged very well. So those that's just like an example. But like Brian was saying, it's kind of hard to define a classic nowadays just because of the different types of like music now. And there's like cult classics, underground classics, commercial classics, the mainstream classics. So I don't know. Now, I, put, I thought it was more like a universal thing, like these are like what a classic album is. But now, I guess today is kind of becoming more like what you personally think a classic album is. So you, I don't know, kind of interesting.
1: Um, I just think, I just think what was considered a classic album in hip hop because hip hop used to be a lot more concise, and I think my bad. Hip-hop used to be a lot more concise. And I always say that, uh, like, it's very different now because I forgot the last example I gave, but i just give it new example. That the fact that fucking A Whole of Red and Pray For Paris are both considered the same fucking genre is kind of insane in a sense of... In, like, 92, when Nas dropped Illmatic, that shit was called an instant classic because it was instantly better than all of the music around it that, for some reason, in some capacity sounded the same like of course there was still like regional music blah 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 but for the most part a lot of hip-hop did have that like similar aspect of like how samples were used and like the type of drums that were used and things like that but now like hip-hop is so diverse it's going to it's very hard for one thing to be considered a classic especially especially if it's not that super commercial thing because the consumer base is so different like of course, the Nas fans was different from like the NWA fans in a certain example, but there was like a lot of, you know, intersect. I don't think there's a a lot of intersect between like a um, you know, a V's fan and like maybe a Isaiah Rashad fan. I feel like it's just so much, it's so different now that
4: I feel like if we're actually being honest, now a classic album would probably have to almost take over the world like remember we was talking about how when a Drake album comes out you almost feel like you got to listen to it because you just kind of feel left out of life like the same thing happens when Kanye drops or when Kendrick drops when stuff like that happens and then it takes over the world that should probably be like the closer definition of what a classic album would have to be now because then a lot of these like artists who still are hip-hop yeah they may have sold more but they didn't have that same like marketability almost but I don't think that people are gonna agree that that's what it's gonna take for a while because there's only what three people that can actually do it four people that can actually do it so it just wouldn't be fair it almost be like just those four people dropping like you said with Mars it's just like an instant classic because it was them but maybe in the future but I think that we might just be like in you know, a weird time in between where it's not gonna happen we'll have to look back and be like all right this was the end of an era, and all of these albums can be classic because they would like you said, leading into
1: whatever the next would be. Yeah, but um, pivoting to our next conversation in hip hop news, Drake is releasing his album <laughs> for all the dogs on September twenty second. Um, yeah. We have- do you have Long any the features
4: they... or feature confirmations? Yeah, just Nicki, right? That's the only person uh, I've seen.
2: Didn't somebody a, say yaddy yaddy yaddy? leak? Somebody said Drake has a feature on that album that like when we hear it is gonna like literally fucking change everything. Like it's so groundbreaking that like gonna gonna
1: he they also I said heard, had a I heard the Frank wanna end push T's career.
2: If it's the Frank hey, then
1: hey, it's too late. <laughs>
3: too late. Way too late.
0: Like i heard it was chains
3: uh, down
1: he's
2: shadow boxing now <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of our herds. greg i heard it was a frank feature i'm not even trying to i'm not even trying to troll would that, a really, frank...
1: would that change everything
3: i feel like that wouldn't be like that
1: when's
4: it come out friday I, mo- that's just what
2: i that's
3: it be a it be a it be a cultural moment but I don't know how it right? sound, does music, anyone know how to make
4: shirts movie. can we make a shirt with frank and drake on it for me Oh my okay. god! My thing, I mean, you,
0: my, can, you you can do that.
1: My thing with sure? Frank Ocean thing right <laughs> I now. I send you a like, link, bro. He, of course, he's very anticipated to drop music, <laughs> but I think for him, it's reached a point where it's just like, okay, bro, like oh, we get it. You're not releasing music, bro. It's it's cool. You talking bro. about Frank? Yeah, like I I feel like yeah. of course his fit is a lot of hype for him and his fan base, but like I feel like maybe not even on a regards of him pump faking so much, but like of course it'll be good to hear some Frank Ocean music. But if I heard, like, at this point, it's like, bro, you're a fucking artist, bro. Like, when you release music, it's going to be, like, about time, nigga. Like, like, it, like that's just going to be the family. That's funny the best
4: music, description yeah. of where like, I it, am. It's,
1: it's just like, okay, nigga, you, like, it's not going to be that same thing of, like, when Kendrick dropped after, like, what, like, five or so years, even though he was doing shit in between. Where it's just, like, you know, like, oh, shit, Kendrick dropping, let's go, blah, blah, blah. But. Like with Frank, it's just going to be like, I right, bro. Like, 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 like about time, bro. Like, of course, people I'm going to act
4: like that when it actually comes. But when the, for the pump fakes, I'm just always going to, I got my hand up, but I'm not excited. I'm just yeah, like,
1: I don't think I'm going hey, to hear if I want it. But I don't think I'm going to hear Frank on a Drake album. Like if, if he has no features list, I don't think I'm going to hear cry. be like, oh my God. it's, it's So like, nah, that's exactly so, I'm gonna behave.
2: so when this Drake album comes out, what are, or who are some of the features that you want to see on this album? Frank, uh, um, I like I the Yachty I need a future feature. I
1: need Trav.
2: I, I would like a Rick Ross feature. Honestly, they sound pretty good together all the time. But... And they did say Drake was gonna be rapping on this project, so I feel like that would be nice. I would like to hear that.
3: I'm trying to think. You, of
2: you know, think, he
4: think he got a sexy red like track it. on there?
3: Is probably. that is that oh, is that hey, the best? Hey, uh, she's gonna be on the interlude?
2: Great. It's probably That's the, the best Drake collab.
3: <laughs> Drake and Ross.
1: It's probably going to be a sexy rap
0: to me. I don't know. I mean, you know, who else we haven't listed like or... we're
2: gonna see on there. Well, oh,
0: I, I guess C. Drake and Wayne, yeah, I mean, eh, Wayne too. too. We'll oh, see uh, Wayne that too.
2: Would, that would be, yeah, yeah. And then
4: I, I know we'll probably see Central C. Maybe we'll see Dave too. Maybe he'll get <laughs> you us know, two. yeah, <laughs> the only. Greg, well, best like, friend. That's his the only feature I, I think his... that would
1: really break the internet on a Drake song would probably be if he got Cardi and Meg on the same song. Like, those are the only things I could see would be like internet breaking and changing everything If he don't no, if it, he had if he had like b track with like Scissor
3: or somebody like that would that, be nice that'd be, too that'd be fire I
4: used to date Scissor back in 08 that'd be nice Um, that'd
3: be interesting I like the, what about Trump, Ye right? you think
4: he get the A track <laughs> imagine
3: oh man that, that would break the internet we got glow let's be grateful
1: do they have a normal song together Pop style. See, I don't consider that a normal. Maybe I guess that'd be the closest. But forever. I mean, just like a song, like I, I, was don't, just, forever, I don't think forever. I don't even yeah, think forever, forever is like a regular song. Like
3: you talking about, I mean, me like, just them two, like a rapping? regular
1: song. I mean, them two, and it's just like a regular song where mm. both of them like just go crazy on the verse, a nice chorus, blah blah blah. It's not like because I feel like forever is like one of those songs that like it's considered an epic song. It was for like the LeBron James documentary, blah blah blah. They, I'll talk about the come up. I'm talking about where they just both like. Just go on a track and like go like go insane. Just like not some groundbreaking shit. Just like a, re- a regular song for them would be. That's a big. Is that the before. Big Sean? <laughs> and I'm like, I'll like, just uh, name Shit, shit. It. I feel like I feel like, all, I feel like all. Well, then again, all Yay verses after like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy have been very like. It it it's like a interesting dynamic. I feel like he hasn't had like a regular verse in a very, very long time.
0: Like, what do you mean like, regular verse?
1: Like a regular Yay verse would be like off the grid or something? Like like we I, I feel like, like a song like We Major would be like a regular Yay verse. Like things up until like maybe like 2010. But like now like a lot of his verses are just very like I, it, it'd be take it'll take a minute for me to explain what a regular Yay <laughs> verse would sound like. But like his verses are just very not like it's like a yay verse. Like he comes on the song, he does what he wants to do. Like I'm like a like oh, I say I say no more party would be considered like a regular yay verse. Where he's just barring down and like yeah. like uh, yeah. It's like I wouldn't like if, example of like a non regular yay verse would be like uh what was the song with Schoolboy Q? That part like that when part. he started doing shit like.
0: Okay. Okay. Vegas okay. James okay. Movies,
1: okay. Man, not your fault, right? Like I don't consider that like a regular. Like that's when he just started doing like yay shit. But I mean when White he just boy, sit shit. down write a sixteen of just like straight bars. Like even when he hopped on a uh, the smucker. The, even when he hopped on, I feel like that's kind of like. But even then he he was just his point was on that song was just send shock to like Nike or like when he did the song with uh dreaming of the past. Like he was just more so like getting he been okay. getting a lot of his narrative shit off like. Talk about like the the dad needs to be in a home. I'm talking about this nigga sitting down writing a 16, uh, just about like Those
3: real bars. Yeah, as real to like real 16. What well, me dude? Getting real life shit off his head. Type shit.
0: What about that scoobity poop? Wasn't real bars.
3: Yeah, right, niggas talking shit. Yeah, <laughs> how do you reply? Scoop. <laughs> do you do? <laughs> I'm like, God.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: what? Did he uh... buy? Something? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to go through my phone to see who else. Like, I can see him doing a, a feature with... Benny? <laughs> so I gonna lie. That oh, Drake I, think, and Benny. I, a baby, I think a baby feature would be... Oh, I said
0: Benny.
2: That Drake <laughs> I know, I and Benny leak was tough, <laughs> though. I know the one you're talking about. That Drake and Benny leak was tough. Huh?
1: If he do, if he does that, bro, like, I just need him to get, like... I, I need him to put Westside Benny in like... Kind of way, if you have like multiple feet, put it on one song. Yeah, I I need a 9 p.m. in in Buffalo. I don't need need that in the flow of an album. I don't think it's not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be. That'd be a good outro. I would need it. I would need it on one song, bro. Like, (laughs) that'd be a good outro. It could be the SoundCloud. (laughs) And then Drake ended the the We Made It with Soldier Boy. Oh,
4: okay. I know what you're talking about. That's a song they need.
1: Now, I'm going to reach for the stars and say I would really like a G Herbo future that's never going, that's not going to happen, but I wouldn't say <laughs> G Herbo and Drake song. I just I should have a G happening. Herbo discussion.
2: Yeah. How do you Don't say what?
1: I mean, if we talk about G Herbo. No, cool. I'm not. I'm just. Well, um, have y'all seen what G Herbo posted on his uh story? Yes, that's what Love
4: I was going to ask Ryan about. I was curious how
1: he felt. Wait, what? About...
2: What do he, what he post?
1: He was he was basically talking about his label situation and he was saying that uh he been signed to the same dudes uh not Mickey because Mickey is his old manager but whoever owned the machine I don't know who owns it but he was saying that uh they was always you know talking and it'd be like you know as long as it makes sense we good but with the moment it don't make sense then he all the dude always said that he would let him out the contract and basically because I think I think he, what he's saying is he's trying to sign to a major right. Which would be crazy, because G. Herbert's been independent this whole time. His last album, I think, maybe we, was like a joint with Republic, but like seeing G. Herbert on a major with the machine behind him, I think that would really go crazy. But he was also saying that uh, like, he was looking at the books or whatever. He hired a lawyer and that they was trying to say that he owed the dude X amount of money, and the money was being spent somewhere. And he got the dude to sign a contract, but then the dude tried to say that he signed it under duress and that they weren't trying to let him out the contract or whatever, which... Such for Herb, because I, but Herb is one of Herb, those niggas I really want to see thrive. He like. say he
4: say he sold his masters when he was what well, fifteen he, or sixteen he for said, ten so so thousand. He said
1: he sold yeah. his publishing for fifteen thousand. He sold himself his publishing for like fifteen thousand when he was seventeen. Like because he said he was a minor, so his parents even had to sign off for it. And I think he said his contract had been amended a few times, but but well, that's just normal record label shit. Like we're always going to hear stories about that because rap has huh? always been coveted as like the genre. From the those from, but like I think, uh, Hit Boy said he's been in the same contract since he was like seventeen that he signed for fifty thousand dollars or whatever, and that he hasn't seen like any publishing money since then.
2: That's crazy. So Sorry.
1: like,
4: just... but it feels like Herb is just like cleaning stuff up right now. If that makes sense, like you know, he just got a lot going on, so he just trying to clean stuff up, and then it's just like he realized. And, like, trying to get his shit straight. Like, damn, like, these niggas is really, like, fucking me. And it almost felt like a message to, like, younger artists as, like, a, you need to really be careful because niggas, is, they, they will take from you so fast. You don't think about those deals when you 16, 17, or even, you know what I mean, 22, 23 when you're coming into the industry. But I don't know, Ryan, one day you'll have to give us a lesson on, like, what do you think would be good ways just to kind of, for artists to navigate the industry as coming into it?
1: Because no I think it would broke, be good
4: for a lot of people.
1: Listen, bro, niggas be broke, bro. Like, that's just that's just the reality of it. Like, if right now, if one of y'all started making music, and y'all in like three or four months, y'all got a little hype, somebody came to y'all right now, it was just like, they know was life-changing money. So some niggas, life-changing money is $15,000. So some other niggas, life-changing money is $50,000. But if a label came to you right now, it was just like, hey, we Want 100% of all your shit right now. We give you a hundred thousand dollars. It's very few people who would say no, just because a hundred thousand dollars at this moment for a lot of people change their life is literally life, like life changing money. And you might not think, you know, blah blah blah, how uh, you might not think about how far your career could go, but it's more so it don't sound as bad to a lot of people until they realize how much money their music is making, right? But and, that's
4: what I'm gonna say. You have to realize if. If they're offering you a hundred thousand, then there's probably somebody else who will offer you fifty. So it's not even about the money; it's more so about the fact that you're proving that you're on the right track. So where I get confused is y'all are. It's it's, almost like they're selling their, selling their like soul to a degree for the quick access. When in reality, if they're but I mean, but I mean, thousand, you doing the right thing.
2: But what if you have nothing? But what if you have nothing right now? Like, what if what if you literally have nothing and they're literally yeah. offering you a hundred thousand dollars? Like, yes, you can you can try to bank on yourself. But nigga, be real. Like, if you're if you're in a situation where you need that bread, to Ryan's point, you're not gonna think about what the next five, six, seven years could hold. You you you're gonna be like, damn, be y'all, I know what I can do with a hundred thousand right, dollars right right now. You all know what a three sixty is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A three three sixty yeah, is called getting when they fucked. Make... No, no, not not exactly. That's the crazy part. A 360 is when a label makes money off of everything that you do, right? People with 360s are usually, a 360 at this point is probably better. They was talking about it on a, Vince Stap- on a Joe Butter Podcast of Vince Staples Day, right? And it's because labels have, now they have every connection in the book, right? They have connection to all the Spotify, people, blah, blah, blah. But let's just say you you be one of those people that's like, I don't want to sign a 360, blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to do good business. Well, the labels going to say, okay, man, we're going to market your music. But when it's time for you to go on tour, we're not making none of the tour money, so I we set up your tour for you. Or we're not making, making none of your merch, so we're not going to make sure you have the high-quality merch. We're not going to make sure that your merch is shown on every Instagram ad. But once it gets to the point where they're like, oh, we're getting 15%, all right, I bet. We're going to make sure, you know, we're going to make sure even the Taylor Swift see the G-Herbo uh shirts, because they might just like it. We're going to make sure that even, you know, the um the Bruno Mars fans have a reason to maybe check out your concert and Maybe look into it. Like they're going to set up all of those things. Like maybe, and if you look at up the, uh, when Vince Staples talked about it, he starts naming a lot of more things, but they put a lot of more things into play. And that's another thing when it comes to the 360 and stuff is because they're much more willing to invest in you if they know they're going to get all their money back. But especially nowadays when the money in streaming isn't making that much more money, money it makes no sense for a label to sign somebody just for their music. Like it makes no sense at all because it's like touring and merch is where the money at. And what's the point of them building you up to be this Goliath artist, building you up to be a Drake level artist when they're only gonna make money off of, you know, I, I don't even think maybe 20% of Drake's money comes from music, his streaming. Like most of his money probably comes from his shows and features and stuff like that. And if the label's like, tours. well, why would you, why would we make you Drake if we're not gonna, you know, get no Drake money off of it? We're just gonna get a few million a year when we could be making, we could sign somebody else who gives us, 15% of everything they make and we can make hundreds of millions and we can make them the star. So it's one of those things right now. It was just like a lot of, I wouldn't say bad business is going on, but a lot of- Selfish business is what it seems like. Yeah, but because you got to think of the point of a label, like if you, um, like let's just say somebody was throwing a party and they was like, hey, you know, I want to throw this party. I need $1,000. And like, and you ask them how much money I'm going to get back. And they was like, oh, we're going to give you the 1000 back. And somebody else is like, "Hey, I want to throw this party for a thousand dollars. I will give you a thousand back, and I give you fifteen percent of all the money I make. You're going to get mm-hmm. a money to the dude who like I'm gonna give you the extra money back, the residuals, and that's how labels thinking right now. Like we gonna sign a dude who's gonna give us everything. We gonna make him. We gonna make you famous. Like because you can sell music without being famous. If you independent, you can make a lot of money going number seven on the charts. If you independent, because you making all that money back. But if you want to be famous then you got to sign that contract and play the label game i'm pretty but, sure her made a lot of music uh, the label money. games.
4: i'm thinking of it from the point of a streamer so as cool as it seems like to have the money it's like and then and the, and then they're giving you the eyes to a degree there's still a, a, a point of retention you have to keep so like they can only do so much so i just felt like if someone were to offer you money in a situation like that it ain't worth it because they can't offer you like there's no way for them to secure the retention the best thing they can do is offer you the eyes so I'm like why why put yourself in that situation and then you still gotta make quality music just keep doing that on your own and then you know that everything that you brought in ain't going nowhere
1: niggas don't have shit literally like niggas like, <laughs> labels, labels will literally bring you in they would be like what's going on in your life blah, blah blah You, my mom losing her house we got medical bills blah 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 this and that you know, they you'll probably be like, Oh, yeah, my mom lives in her house. The mortgage might be eight hundred a month. We three months behind. That's what, what twenty four. I mean twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah, twenty four hundred dollars. You might be like, Yeah, my grandma got medical bills. That's ten thousand. Label might say, you know what? We got eighty thousand dollars for you right now. So come sign this paper. So
2: I'm saying so you, bro, got you, all finna sign, you, you finna sign gonna
1: like, sign that shit. Now you got like sixty thousand extra. And you just in your head, you like bro, this so much money, then you probably thinking like, oh, I can't wait to make this extra amount of money. And then a lot of people don't realize a lot of money goes, like, artists have budgets, right? The budget is the money to be spent on the album. That's why when, you know, if you watch the Genius Doc, he was saying, like, blah blah blah, yeah, I'm signed, but they haven't opened up my budget. And it's because, I'm not sure if this law is exactly the same, but for a very long time, whoever paid for a studio session owned the masters of the song. Which is why a lot of artists had to book studio sessions through their label i'm pretty i read this somewhere so if it's not correct then i apologize but i remember i read it and that's why a lot of uh labels had to book the studio session but a lot of times a label will book a studio session 24 hours or so for a certain amount of time so a lot of money just is going to that because t-pain said when he signed his deal deal or i think it was uh academics or whatever you said uh an artist signed their deal and it was like you know hey i just want not give me ten thousand dollars i can build the studio in my basement right here with all the best equipment and we don't got to pay nothing else like i can record everything at home but because a lot of labels have deals with certain people he was like no what we're going to do is we're going to buy we're going to pay for this airbnb where this dude we have business with it's going to go into your budget we're going to rent it out for six months day and night and that's going to be part of your budget so it's like there's a lot of games to it man like it's a lot of shit that I learned that I'm just like crazy that if I told y'all, I'd be like, that's crazy. It's a lot of shit that I still don't know that I come to find out every day more so that's uh, crazy, but um, I guess uh, moving off of that, I guess uh, Kendrick leaked element verse. I ain't not hear it. I heard, I I didn't hear it because it got taken down, but I did read like a lot of the bars and um, Kendrick said, song oh, got man. some shots. But, seen did the y'all, shots, man. I think it was Reason. Did y'all see what Reason said?
3: Mm-mm.
1: Reason they believes mean. that, uh, he, he believes that, like, unless Kendrick Lamar has, like, push a T level information on Drake, that he loses a uh, beef. He said he do not think that, like, if it just comes down to them, like, making regular diss songs, blah, 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 and just, like, doing that. He said he doesn't think that Kendrick beats Drake in a in a rap beef.
3: Oh no, that's true. in terms of the records. <laughs> I would yeah. Cuz yeah, the only a
0: reason that Pusha T won is really cuz it was cuz he knew he couldn't <laughs> bar him to death cuz like motherfucker's is not trying to hear that. So it's like he had yeah, to, the like trump get, like, card. Information and it was like oh yeah, that's shit. That's i going like, to say. What you got a how kid. You, uh, like how do
4: you really beat Drake in a rap battle? Like he's just
3: it doesn't I like people like
4: unless you they're gonna go for him. So you you really have to have a nuke. And I don't know that there are any left.
3: I think my I don't thing think would, they get any bigger than you've got a kid that the world just <laughs> yeah. don't know about.
1: Yeah. Um, Especially yeah, at think, this point. I think um I don't think it'll be a, a walk in a park for either person. I think my thing is Drake is probably the most he's probably the most commercial friendly i don't want to say lyricist but commercial friendly rapper as in he knows exactly what's to say that can still be regarded by heavy rap fans as being good lyrics but still be consumed by the average you know white girl at starbucks that's make them still enjoy it like I, i don't think anybody else has ever played that line better at being you know being able to play the best of both worlds or like have both sides of people enjoy things like I know people who like legit hard rap fans like favorite rapper MF Doom who genuinely enjoy Nice For What and I know girls who hate rap and probably don't listen to R&B and like Summer Walker and stuff who genuinely enjoy Nice For What so I think that's probably one of Drake's greatest uh skills is being able to encompass so many people to listen to his music But um said I guess that element thing went fast. So I guess the last thing is uh G- JID announced uh Forever in the Day, his album. I'm just looking to the out, al- looking forward to the album Metro Boomin'. I won't lie. I don't think Me that's too. the same album.
4: We're getting that this year, right?
1: <laughs> I hope so.
3: I hope? of say he got a lot of stuff yeah. coming at the the end of this year. I was about to say,
2: yeah. I hope we get it. Shit. I yeah, think he's been busy. New Jib would be nice though. Um New J would be nice. Uh, the Forever Story, great album, good features, good body of work. So, what do Plus you think those, about the little two tape the thing? Singles, the singles? Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think it was decent. Um, you think I think Baby mean, Tron
4: I, was slightly out of place. Kind of got that feeling. It's like, I don't I, know. I, I, got a, I, got I got a little bit like of that.
2: Other. I got a little bit of that, but I feel like him and Baby Tron, I mean, fucking Baby Tron and Core Day were on a song together. So, I feel like I feel like Baby Tron and Jid can work. <laughs> um, not saying Cordae and Baby Tron did, but I feel like it could work. But I'm just excited for more Jid, bro. I really like, really like his music, so I just hope we get the the album. I had to
4: listen at half speed because I was what? missing some of the bars, bro. Like Jid has oh. so
1: many <laughs> bars that you, you really had to listen
3: in half speed. I kid, he just <laughs> that is no. Crazy. I
1: understand what you mean. I don't listen at half speed, but I I can understand why. I you normally know. don't oh, even trust what, me. what he's saying. <laughs>
2: No, I, I get what you mean, but it's just you led with that. And so I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <But, laughs> no, nah, I, I see what you mean.
1: To me, it's like JID, one of those rappers that, like, I think the general public has to, like, just realize it's a lot of rappers that's not going to be able to be, like, because a lot of people put JID in, like, the next big three, but I don't think it's the big three have always been normal rappers. Like, JID has an insane flow, but the more, most of the big three rappers have always been people who just, that 16 they just float through it like they have different flows yeah but like the the way gb rapping he be doing hitting all those pockets and stuff like that it's very hard for that to catch on in that mainstream audience like like even buster rhymes wasn't that guy when he was doing that type of rap that's not what got buster rhymes to like even not saying he was one of the big three but what got him to that level was like you know we grew up on like the look at me now verse but that's not what buster got buster rhymes to that you know, to that level. You know, same thing with Twista. Twista probably would have been a much bigger artist because he was great lyrically. But he probably would have been a bigger artist if you know he didn't hit all those insane flows and pockets and things like that. So, um, that's the one thing I wanted to miss when it comes to GF. Big, uh, big fan of his artist. But um, did y'all want to hit the? Everybody want to get their favorite uh producer rapper duo, and then we can hit our League with a listen. Who's
0: that?
2: Oh, favorite. Hey, uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, I'm cool with that if y'all are. Yeah.
1: So, um, producer, rapper duos, mine is going to be Kanye West Squared.
4: (laughs) I hate this.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God, bro. Uh, All
3: right. Well, I'm going to go Drake and 40.
4: Damn, I think I was gonna go Drake and Forty Two. No um, Boy Wonder. <laughs> so um,
1: I, I think, I th- yeah, probably I'd
4: one. probably say Drake and Forty. Honorable mention: Kenny Beats and whoever. I feel like Kenny Beats was a little bit open in the twenty eighteen with the Tia Korean and Key, and so I say Kenny Beats and them.
1: I feel like audience has to be like, like Uzi and Molly Raw or something, bro.
2: <laughs> nah. Hey, that's an honorable mention though. Um, fuck it, I'll stay in that lane, bro. I'll stay in that lane. I'm gonna go Cardi and Pierre, even better. That's a good duo, though. So, that's, shit, a, good that's, that's, a, good that's a good duo, bro. But also, yeah. honorable mention to any Griselda and Alchemist,
0: yeah. I would say, um, uh, like Killer Mike the LP, or probably. Alchemist and Bodie James.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say
3: yeah. yeah. Honorable mention. It's not really honorable. I'm gonna go Tyler Squared. Ah, Tyler Squared's fun too.
2: Have you
4: um have you ever seen like a like an alchemist studio session? I've always wanted to see one. I don't know if they have any on YouTube or anything. Like watch
2: that. watch that documentary I said in the chat, bro. It's pretty tough. Okay, yeah, I watched that, but he does have studio sessions on
0: YouTube. It's I'm just
4: curious like... as to how they look. Or what it's like being in the studio.
2: Man. doesn't I he think... have a rhythm roulette, or am I tweaking? That's
4: what I was I about so. to say. Yeah, I think he has think, a rhythm
0: roulette.
2: I think I have seen the rhythm roulette. He has
0: then... like a whole like room of just fucking records. Like that motherfucker be.
1: I'm a also uh, great okay, song. Okay, yeah. I'm oh a, ah, shit! Very very fast fun fact. Um, the song "Um Wouldn't You Know" by Erica Badu, produced by Jay Dilla um erica badu wanted a song produced by jay dilla very back, because she was a very big fan of like the whole whole Aquarian sound um jay dilla was known to not leave his studio in his basement in detroit people had to come to him he came to uh jay dilla's she came to jay dilla's studio in detroit he came in the basement she she came in the basement he said he pointed to his wall of records he said pick one he she just randomly picked the album and that's Wouldn't You Know was one of her uh breakout songs that's that my made from too. that record. He just she just literally picked it and he picked that album and he made a beat from it. Um so that's my fun fact about because you said he has a that's record. Pretty records. Cool. I wanted to say uh what was what we saying? Uh damn, what's the word? Not special edition. Goddamn Honorable mention honorable mention. uh Semino and uh Monte Booker.
2: Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Very good duo.
1: Travis and Metro. Very Doug cool. and Metro. Doug and, a lot Future of people metro. metro. <laughs> Jay-Z, Jay-Z, and the Neptunes. Shout
2: out Zach. Shout out the yeah.
1: Neptunes. Um, I was
2: gonna say Alchemist and Larry June, too. They make some pretty good music together.
1: Okay, his I've, I've, Julian aviela I think is his name. I probably messed up the last name. He has a lot of good songs with uh Larry June. He also produced um he produced Watering. The flowers. I think watering my about plants. About. Watering my plants. He produced uh ninth uh, smoothies in nineteen ninety one. He's all. He also produced um. Uh, let's take a trip to Vegas. Whatever. I'd be. I'll be butchering. Something. It's.
2: It's. Let's take a trip to Vegas. Let's drive to Vegas. Yeah. Or let Larry and Harry Frog be making some fire shit. So
1: we might have I, to rank these
2: duos. Hey, actually, Gunna, <laughs> Gunna, and, Gunna, and,
3: Gunna and Wheezy, Once upon a time. Hey. Bro, did always, y'all see
2: did you see his shit last night? Yeah, bro. Like I'm his set really, list and started, shit, bro.
3: I started looking at them LA at, the, at them at the LA show. I ain't gonna lie. Because all the clips look T September 28th. End of the month. Hey, bro, honorable bro. mention has to go to the uh the
4: the two dude to make all the Detroit beat. What
1: did you say, John? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, I don't mention I'm a, I'm gonna say uh Edison Pac and uh, knowledge.
2: Okay. That's a good one. Can I go uh can I go Mac Miller Square too? Mac Heath Miller or I I'll say Larry Mac Miller, Fisher. Miller and Larry and Fisher.
1: Larry Fisher. Keith and Young That's Chop.
2: Keith and Chop
1: too. Keith and Young Chop. Oh I Ice Spice yeah. yeah. and Riot.
2: <laughs> I was thinking that I ain't not want to be watching the one to a riot. Hey man. Who bro? What's this? Fuck. I gotta fuck fuck fuck
3: sexy ready, ready to take I'm...
1: Keith. Chill out. Bro. I don't think they got enough yet, bro. They got like three or four, maybe. I mean I spice God. Uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Damn near every song.
3: Yeah, every uh,
2: song. Is- I'm not gonna yet. lie, bro. For true. my uh for my for any of our underground listeners out there. I'm gonna go, uh, Lucky and either Brent Rambo or Filthy. Anyway, just maybe.
1: And
0: uh, I right. Nick,
2: Nick Pluto Nash. Pluto <laughs> <Little> Nash, bro. Pluto <laughs> Nash, too. Yeah.
4: Nobody has said. And any just just for the underground out there, you know. What I'm <laughs> Twenty-one and in and Metro.
1: Saint Ryan and Saint Ryan. <laughs> mm. Anybody in Wu Tang and RZA? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is damn. <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> he got some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Oh, also Jay Z and Just Blaze. It's a lot of these. It's a lot of great. <laughs> I was
2: about to say it's a lot. Hip hop be eating, bro. I give. Wow,
1: it.
4: definitely. Uh, Just Blaze is a name I hear way more than I thought I would at this time. I didn't realize how involved in shit he be. Yeah, man. That's
0: Kanye Arch Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he stole a whole uh, sound That
2: shit was funny bro He pointed to Camry like hey, hey
0: it's, it, this, this is my arch nemesis
1: <laughs> but the fact like, How you introduce a nigga But the fact that That became <laughs> full circle When he said Just Blaze stole his whole sound in, uh, in the interview In the Drink Champs interview is just funny Because it's just like To look at that And then be like That's probably what he was thinking In that moment Like he was yeah. joking But he's probably like This is my arch nemesis This nigga stole my whole <laughs> Bro that's just funny, bro. It just pants to just blaze. It's like yo,
0: kind of crazy, bro.
1: Hey, I also <laughs> want to say twenty ten Earl sweatshirt and Tyler the Creator.
2: So can we technically go uh, for a moment Earl. in time, Young Thug and Rich Homie Quan? Mm.
1: That's not a producer.
2: Oh, I'm thinking just rap duo. my fault, OG. <laughs> Earl sweatshirt, <laughs> and just, Earl sweatshirt. Idiot, man. I just forgot, bro. They looked like, like at me so scared? disgusted, bro.
1: This today's <laughs> leave with a listen is just everybody leaving uh east on a playlist (laughs) east (laughs) five times all right but no on a serious note today our leave with a listen is going to be centered around songs that make you smile every time you hear it uh would anybody like to go first
4: yep nights by frank ocean all done Frank Frank, oh, Frank 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 Frank
1: Frank so much energy, I'm smiling bro. just talking about it. I can't help it, Jesus, <laughs> okay, um, the new workout plan by Kanye West hilarious song. she finally wrote a plane and dated outside the family. Good times, yeah. I forgot
3: about that part. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go
1: with
0: "Pink Toes" by Childish Gambino featuring Jhené Aiku. Who gonna, uh, bite, the do, uh,
1: <laughs> Who gonna, gonna bite the bullet and do "Happy" by Pharrell?
2: Who's
1: gonna bite the bullet? I was just gonna say, Steve, my bad. I'm gonna cut you off. Hey, bad. put Zach back in here. He'll bite the bullet.
3: You gotta put his put the. Little... The picture back. Mm-hmm. And then somebody nah, somebody uh, just do the voice back. No, nah, I'm going to go um, Fan Jam 4000 by Jordan Ward. It's got a to it.
2: Back. Well, I'm going to just change mine real quick. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, I'll change mine. I'll go uh, 20 minutes by Uzi. Whenever I'm sitting by the water. That's
0: the
1: song. You said whenever you be what bro? S- sitting by the water. bro. <laughs> Twenty minutes. What does that mean minutes you be suicidal. No, <laughs> bro. It, Twenty more
4: minutes. <laughs> oh, Twenty minutes. On, on it's the
2: the first dead. song that comes to my head. Hey, all right. Happens, you like it? I love it, bro. The, the more bro, you know. I just want to. I just
1: want to take a second <laughs> really? and just say. In 2017 and 2018, those slow and verb versions of songs were eating, bro. Especially they, when you then was fried. And oh then they, had little anime, they had a little anime clips over it. Yeah, yep. bro. Yeah. In slow motion, too. Wonderful time to be alive, bro.
2: That's a moment in time we can't get back. Literally, bro. That's yeah, a- definitely great. Slow, bro. Speeded, no, bro.
1: did y'all ever listen to the uh, 8D audios? Oh, yeah. or they'll uh, be all around your head. Yeah. And- Bro, Juice World's uh, Lucid Dreams in like the 8D, wow, high. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Out of body experience. (laughs) But edible edible high, bro. Like, oh, not the edible. Out of body. That's an out of
2: body experience
0: right
4: there. I've seen, um, dang, it might have been Endgame, one of the Marvel movies I've seen it in. Uh, four D, bro, and my seat was moving and stuff. And stuff. Four D
1: movies are fun. Yeah, they spraying stuff in your face. I saw Black Panther off of an edible one time, and it's one of the scenes that start sideways. And I remember, <laughs> like, I was in a the theater like this, following the camera until it got straight. Yeah, <laughs> good times, bro. I I really miss like the peak of the Marvel run when niggas was just going to the movies like once every three months and it was just packed and it was just like a fucking nerd family reunion bro like good times
4: That's I great. still go to the movies all the time pretty much I chicken. do too
1: but now going to mm. see Marvel movies is very dreary like is everybody in there excited to see the movie but niggas just like hi right, man it's time for yeah CGI but I go to CGI I go to other stuff shows. too <laughs> like I see Barbie and Blue <laughs> and shit like that Almost all
4: movies feel like that
1: now, and I think it's because nah, now you to, good.
4: You have to I, you have
1: to pay for it was for, representing audience people.
4: You have to pay for priorities. So people don't want to go to the movies <laughs> as much no more.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I love it. like I'm one of those people who like will really benefit from getting a movie pass. That's how often I oh it. yeah. yeah I got if you
4: pass. um if you saw six movies between like March and the end of September for AMC, you get it. You got the movie pass for free for a year. I think I got one see,
0: more. See, I'm independent. I got Alamo movie pass. You know.
4: Uh, oh, so you
0: just yeah. We, how much we can't up? do the, twenty. See, I'm independent, no, I mean, I'm independent, bros. <laughs> hey, support small theaters, bro. <laughs> no disrespect to AMC. I I still go if, if they ain't got some shit there. But... The, <laughs> which
2: which one do you go to,
0: Jeff? I, I go to all of them. I go to the one in Irvin. I go to the one in Cedars. It's like they don't. They only got one in Chicago, so. It's like in Wrigley. get that
1: Texas shit out of here,
0: man. They got it in Chicago. <laughs> you just gotta I go to the Irving um,
1: theater, the Imagine. Oh, theaters. my bad. I'm sorry. You good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Imagine. Um, it's an Imagine in like Frankfurt or something. Yeah, I know the Imagine
4: Theaters, they got the new screens because the Oppenheimer movie was like supposed to be on special screens, so they got like an extra big one. I want to try it. False. What?
2: Oh, come on, dude! <laughs> come, we almost we made it. Almost made, this made it. in the episode.
3: <laughs> come on, bro! All right, is this even in the right. episode?
0: Yes, Rappen now it is.
1: Up. Thank you hey, for checking out the sixth episode. Oh, oh. my God, episode! The, uh, thick, <laughs> the thick the thick that potato get into the thick of it Mike tights to this sir thank you for checking out the sixth episode of the members only podcast shout out to everybody who checked it out um shout out to that yeah we're going to, to rehire Zach back next week yep
4: we have to have a meeting about it.
2: we got a little bit of
0: money these niggas
2: Relegate contract, contract. The
0: negotiations, you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. gonna <laughs> get
4: him out of here like Shannon Sharp. I'm gonna bring he the nigga back on the two-way. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> <On> two-way. <laughs> <A>
2: two-way contract? <laughs> yeah, bro.
1: We could put him on the 10-day real quick. It's okay. All right, but deuces.
3: Oh, love y'all. Deuce.
4: Deuce.